road to December and find the speaking in tongues blog. I only got a chance to get to the uh, the first part of it last week, but I, uh, last time I did it, which would be two months ago, because last month was uh, Glenn. So today I want to really finish this up, and I can't get into all of it, obviously, but I want to get to the objections about speaking in tongues. Last month, two months ago, when I spoke about it, last time when I spoke about it, I gave you the introduction, but not necessarily all of the answers. Now, Jared, you can let them know they can come in, but please shut the door for those that need to have children and all of that. So go all the way down Adolfo to the end, please, and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 and onward, let's just see it in the scriptures. You're, you're passing up a little bit there. You'll see objections. Just keep going. Slow down. Slow down. Keep going. You'll see the next one. It'll be objection 1. Keep going. There you go. Start right there. Okay. Now, in this article, I, I gave a bunch of facts about why we believe in speaking in tongues. You can go back to our last uh, Sunday school and learn about that. But this is one of the most important things I want you to see here, some of the objections. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, if you're there, say I'm there. Amen. So let's have Adam, he's not there. Let's have Danny read that passage for us, please. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Amen. And let's read the next verse. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. And what did they begin to do as the Spirit enabled them? Speak in tongues. Was it just some of them or was it all of them? Amen. Thank you. If you are doing notes and you are doing your Bible through an uh, a electronic device, a device of any kind, iPad, iPhone, or a different type of phone, would you raise it up right now? I want to see how many there are of you. Okay, that's a good good portion. I may even start putting my notes on a way that you guys can tap into them every week. Instead of having the announcement of a note, I may be able to have them just so you can pick them up, take what you want, download it to your uh, your handheld device, or delete the other part, which, which would be the announcement. Somebody go, ooh. So that's pretty cool. So I'm going to actually look into that. It would be very simple and easy for you guys to do that. So let's look at some objections. Well, when we are... Uh, Spirit-filled believers, we talk about the enormous growth of our movement. We are now the largest Protestant movement in the world. That means we're bigger than the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Methodists, and we're bigger than most of them all combined, okay? So the Protestant out of the non-Catholic faith, those who speak in tongues outnumber all of them. So we are the majority now. The only other Christian group that is bigger than us is the Roman Catholics. They have about a billion and they've had about 1,500 years to work on what they believe. We have a half a billion, and we've had about 100 years. The encouragement was, though, we went from 100 million to 500 million just from 2000 to 2005. And so we haven't even got our new numbers yet for 2010. And so you're thinking, uh, we're thinking that we may very well surpass the Roman Catholics in our lifetime. In our lifetime, the spirit-filled speaking in tongue believers may outnumber Roman Catholics. Now, the argument that comes next to that is numbers do not prove the truth of speaking in tongues. Now, of course, we're not saying because we're the biggest, we're the best. We're not saying because we make Moody look like a McDonald's playland that somehow that we're better than Moody. But I kind of want it to sound like that. <laughs> 
because they act like they're the big kid on the block around here. We're moody, and we say no to Shabba Shabba Shandai, you know, and we're so big, like moody is so beauty around the world. They're so small. Are you listening to me? Like what, 10,000 members, 500 members they have? We have Pentecostal churches with over uh, 500,000 members. I can show you churches right now. Uh, some of them just have awesome testimonies. I was sharing uh, with one of them uh, to the uh, students in my house. There, there was a church plant that came to, um, which Argentina, next to Argentina is what nation? Chile. Thank you, my man. Give it up for my man. Chile. This brother went to Chile in the early 1900s as a spirit-filled uh, church planner to, to bring Pentecost to the people there. They had a church planning vision. Within his lifetime, that towards the end, it took him about 25 years of his life to get there, they went over 100,000 members in his church. Now that he has passed away, that movement has continued on that one out of every two spirit-filled believer in his nation, in the nation of Chile, goes to their churches. Do you understand? That would be like one out of every two spirit-filled believer in Chicago being a part of Metro Praise. That's how they planted hundreds of churches all over Chile. Their congregation grew to over 300,000. And until Cho came along with the million-member church in South Korea, where's my South Koreans? Hey. Until, they're so embarrassed, isn't it? So give it up for South Korea. Amen. Uh, they were number one. So when people say numbers don't prove anything, no, but it sure is fun to talk about. Amen. That's the first thing. The second thing that we realize is that the Bible says you can check the fruit. Matthew seven seventeen. you will know that tree, uh, know the tree by its fruit. And so what we're saying is check our 500 million fruit. Check it. Take a look at it. Are we preaching fundamental Christianity? Do we say, just like what the Baptists say, Jesus is Lord? You know, do we do, we do all of those things? Yes, we do. And guess what else we're doing? We're also seeing demons cast out. We're also seeing the sick people healed. And where do we attribute that to? The guys who are casting out devils, healing the sick, where do they attribute the ability to do that? From the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. You'll never meet somebody who's casting out devils and healing the sick and seeing the miraculous in their life attributed to anything else. All those who are doing it attribute it to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening with me? So the numbers don't prove it, but they affirm that we are preaching sound doctrine, and the sound doctrine is being blessed by the Lord. Now somebody might say, what about the Mormons? What about the Jehovah Witnesses? If you took all the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and combined them together in the world, in Brazil alone, we have more spirit-filled believers, 70 million spirit-filled believers in Brazil alone, than there are Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons in the entire world. Shaka, Shaka, Laka. Joseph's mission had been listening to demons. He should have been getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Charles Taz Russell shouldn't have been listening to demons. He should have got filled with the Holy Ghost because at that same time, the Spirit of God was starting to move among the earth. But that's when the counterfeit came, by the way. If you want to know why the counterfeit came at that time and those two major cults came, it's because that's when God was rebirthing spiritual gifts. And there came to be a counterfeit of the devil known as the cults. So what we see in South Korea and places like Chile and Brazil and China, the fastest growing Christian movement right now in China is the spirit-filled church. There's almost 100 million spirit-filled believers in China alone right now. That means one out of five of all of our population is in China. That makes sense because one out of the six of the world's population is in China. Does everybody get it? China's a pretty big place, a billion people. 
And, and right now, China has 100 million spirit-filled believers. And if that doesn't help you understand the battle of the mind, they have been raised to be rational thinkers, non-spiritual-minded, and they are the ones getting boom shakalaka more than anybody else. If you want to see some, some uh, Chinese people getting lambasted in the Holy Ghost, rolling on the floor and crying as they clap their hands and speaking in tongues, just don't even ask me. I'll put it up on my Facebook. You just look at it this week. Because some of you have already seen the Chinese believers. And when we see them getting lambasted, in it, we ended up watching the video getting lambasted ourselves. It's like bring out the barbecue sauce of Holy Ghost and just wrap it, you know, just, you know that brush that I'm talking about? That's what lambasting is, if you don't know what it is. Just lambaste me in that Holy Ghost. Get it in the little cracks, open up my little wing, put it in there, you know? I want the Holy Ghost to touch every part of me. You know what I'm talking about when you barbecue. You got to like marinate it, lambaste it, you know what I'm saying? Praise God. Let's go down to the next uh, objection. Objection number two. Now this is a little deep for some of the ninos and ninas, so I, I won't take a lot of time on this. But basically, in your Bible, Mark 16, 15 through 18, is a passage where it says, These signs shall follow them that believe they shall speak in other tongues. How many has ever read that in Mark 16? Amen. That is in your Bible. Now, the problem with that is, is some scholars say, well, that may not be a legitimate part of the Bible. That may not be an actual fact of the Bible. Excuse me, Adolfo, are you webcasting this? Thank you, sir. Some people might say, well, that passage was a later interpretation, shouldn't have been in there. I wish I had time to explain that to you guys. I don't. All I can say to you is through our best understanding that if it wasn't um, natural to Mark, if it, oh, man, it would take me a long time to explain this. I'm just going to say this. For those of you who may already have studied a little bit on this, here is the answer. Because this is you've got to read the rest of the paper to understand this. Here is the thing. If it's not natural to Mark, it is still a viable passage. So what that means is somebody found it, didn't know where to put it, and put it in Mark. Or the person who put it in Mark knew it from verbal, um, verbal tradition that this was the ending. And so lastly, just know that scholars do support it. Not all scholars. Some scholars say, oh, open up your NIV Bible right now to Mark 16 for some of you looking at me crazy. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. You're already looking at me like you're scaring me. You scares me. <laughs> that was for you. I was going to make you smile today. Amen. Okay, Mark chapter 16. Who's got the anointed and appointed NIV? Who sees right before the Mark chapter 16 some little small letters and a little note? Read that out for us, please, Michelle. Says the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have Mark six sixteen nine through twenty. There you go. And so what that what the NIV is telling you is there is some discrepancy here. That doesn't mean your Bible has changed. That doesn't mean the Bible's not the Bible. It just means sometimes we have to decide what is in the Bible and what is not in the Bible. Now, if that is not in the Bible, we still have the Bible. If it is in the Bible, we have the Bible. So it doesn't matter to the sense of does it change the Bible. And the doctrines that are talked about there aren't only found there. Speaking in tongues is mentioned other places, healing. So it's not like in that one passage it says, when you go to heaven, you turn into a fat, naked little baby angel with wings. Now, if that said it there, then that would be like this real controversial thing, you know. Do I become those scary little pictures that I saw in people's bathrooms growing up? When I die, do I be? It's like, why is an angel a naked little baby? Does any, have you ever thought about that? 
And doesn't that make you feel weird? I mean, we're trying to fight against pedophilia and, and all this weird stuff, and here we're making naked little babies with wings, okay? It's just not right. It's just something not right. I never felt right about that. But what it's talking about there has nothing to do with anything controversial. Now, some people will say, yes, it does, because it says plainly that everybody is going to speak in tongues, and these signs shall follow them that believe they will speak in tongues. So that is kind of strange. But we show them with scholarship and for different reasons and church fathers that we do believe it belongs there and that it's not bringing in anything strange. It's a little deep. You can go back home and read it. Let's go to objection number three. Thank you. Objection number three. Here are some ones that would be very applicable to you. The book of Acts is only meant to give a description of the early church's practices. Thus, it is not meant to be prescriptive for the church's practices. Uh, that is the purpose of the epistles. So basically, it is descriptive. It is not prescriptive. Everybody say descriptive and say it's not prescriptive. So what that means is it's just describing what all these radical guys did, but we're not going to do it. It describes what they did, but doesn't prescribe what we should do. You all get that? It describes what they did, but doesn't prescribe what we do. Well, the problem with that is, is that the other books of the Bible do prescribe it. First Corinthians does prescribe it. Earnestly seek the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. So was the book of Acts just talking about these radical few that did it and nobody else does from this point on? No. The Bible says it's not only described there, but it also prescribes for everybody to do it. As many who call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be filled. That is the job of the epistles is to teach you how to use it. And there's many chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, that prescribe and describe how to use spiritual gifts. Amen? So you can read through that and you'll see other places. Objection number four. Tongues are always known languages like in Acts 2. Some people have said this argument. They say, well, you know, in Acts chapter 2, they spoke in tongues and the people listening to them understood. So you know what? Every time we do speak in tongues, it needs to be understood. That is incorrect. Because when you go into uh, uh, Corinthians, and just go down just a little bit for me, please. When you go into Corinthians chapter, it's like a four or five paragraph answer. Just go to the lastly. First uh, Corinthians 14:2, Paul says that there's tongues that nobody understands, and it's only understood to the hearer, I mean uh, only to God, and not even to the hearer or the one speaking it. That there's tongues that nobody understands. How be he speaks in tongues of mysteries. Now, this is such an important passage. Let's just turn there so you don't just take my word for it. I think it will be powerful if you guys look at it as well. Just turn to 1 Corinthians 1, 14, uh, 12, 14, 2. One of those passages. I am so excited. I just can't fight it. I know, I know, I know. Jesus loves you. Here it is. Look at verse 2. I mean, it couldn't say any more plainly than this. I think every tongue should be understood, and we should never speak in tongues unless it's some known language. Okay, Bart, let's look at verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Come on, John MacArthur, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Amen? 
I mean, I love John MacArthur, but put that in your Holy Ghost pipe and smoke it. Hey, man, this Holy Ghost is some real stuff, dude. Shabba, Shabba, Shandai. Oh, man, you've been doing this stuff a long time ago, man. I know it. Man, they were right all along, man. They were right. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You see what I'm saying? We're all scared of speaking in tongues because somebody doesn't understand you. Acts chapter 2 is a type of tongue where it is understood. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says not every tongue is understood. It's okay. There's two types of tongues. There's one that's understood and one that's not understood. Some of us don't understand Spanish. Some of us don't understand other languages. They're, not, they're, they're confusion unto us. Do you think in heaven God's up there speaking in Spanish or English? Hey, guys, what's going on? Que paso? There are languages in heaven that we don't know of. God created the whole entire human race. He can create a zillion languages if he wants. And just, there's some that when I speak, I don't understand, and nor were you. Now, the, the point that I have a problem with this is the guys who don't speak in tongues that are, are, that are understood supernaturally, they want to tell us how to do it. I have spoken in tongues, and people from India have said, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I understand you. I've done that supernaturally. So I know what it's like how to do that. Well, you know how I do that? The same way I speak in tongues that I don't understand. It comes by faith. It's a spiritual gift. And so you guys are speaking in tongues that you don't understand. Somebody could. I mean, how many people, how many nations of the world have you spoke around tongues in front of? I mean, have you spoke around tongues in front of all the, whatever, 300 dialects of the African continent? Another probably 300 on the Indian continent? Another three, I mean, there's probably right now, they say, about 2,000 languages upon this continent. How many have you spoken in tongues in front of? So you don't even know if you're even speaking a known language of this time period. And then how many languages have been around since the time of Adam and Eve? You don't know the languages that you're speaking. And so don't let people say they have to be understood. There is a tongue that is only understood by God. So have faith. Speak it out. Amen? Uh, the next objection, objection number five. And this is a blog, by the way, that I have up. Anybody who wants it, uh, I'll put it back up on my Facebook, a link today, along with some videos of radical Chinese believers being filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can read the article that I wrote, okay? It's very scholarly. It was done for a Baptist seminary. And uh, it has a lot of depth to it. Okay, the next objection would be tongues ended when the New Testament was written. This is where I get a little sassy. Everybody say sassy. This is where I get a little sassy. My southern comes out right here, baby. Get a little sassy with them. Where does the Bible say this? See, that's my answer right back to that. Where does the Bible say this? This is one of the most... Um, just ignoramus, not, not calling people bad names. We love everybody, but just something that just said really out of ignorance. How could it have ended when it never told us it was going to end? It never, Jesus never said, one day you'll stop healing the sick, one day you're going to stop raising the dead, and then the devil's going to beat you up. One day you're going to try to cast him out, and he's going to say, no, your power is gone. If that was true, then we should be afraid of Marilyn Manson, Amen. If we can't cast devils out of people to this day, we need to be afraid of the devil. We need to be running around and not know what to do. Are, let me just ask you a question. Do you think there's still demons upon this planet? Okay, you live on this planet. You're not, you, you, you know, you're not with your head under the ground in the clouds or anything. You know what's going on. Are there demons still on this planet? Do you think that there's real evil on this planet? 
Do you think people that can cut up children's bodies and, and put them in the underground and, and rape and murder, do you think that those are just human emotions? Do you think there's demons from hell inspiring people? Some people are demon-possessed on this earth. The Bible says in Jesus' time, see, if you believe the Bible, they already think you're crazy. Amen. So why are you trying to be normal to the people who think you're crazy? Amen. Praise God. I mean, you already thought I lost my mind when I believed in a man who rose again from the dead. I don't care what you think about me. I still believe I cast out demons, amen? And I'm not talking about make-believe Star Wars stuff like zoom, zoom, zoom. I'm hitting you with my special powers that I've learned from the yoga tradition. Zoom, zoom. When I'm walking around going, I rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name, I'm not playing make-believe. If you think that's make-believe, travel with me, preach with me a few times, be at our meetings. You'll look at the people we're casting the demons out. Now you think that person's playing? We've had people come up in the middle of the service when we've been preaching. They, have, they come up, start cursing, all these things. They get demons cast out of them. They don't even know what they said. Come on, people. There are demons on this earth. We need spiritual gifts to fight back the powers of darkness. Speaking in tongues is the door that opens up all the spiritual gifts. That's talked about in, the, in the, uh, the article, okay? I'm just giving you the objective. So it never said it ended. So you don't even have a place where it ended. And then when you look through the, the books of, uh, you know, Philippians and the different places of Corinthians, when I, when I, when I show you here, and, and scroll down a little bit for me, please. Uh, okay, that's the end of it. You just have to read it. The bottom line is God said this would happen until I come back. Peter preached the last days, and he says, this is it. It, it, Let's turn it with me. Acts chapter 2, so you'll see it. We're going to run a little late over into service, but that's okay. Somebody say amen. You get the preacher preaching Sunday school, he's going to get excited. Amen. This might be one of our last Sunday schools, by the way, because of us going to two services. Everybody go, But if you want to come see me, you can see me at the first Wednesday of every month. It's going to be a healing deliverance service where I'm going to lead that service. The rest of them are going to be led by our leaders. But if you want to come and hear me go a little deep and then preach and demonstrate it, we'll do that uh, the first Wednesday. Okay, first Corinthians, no, excuse me, Acts chapter 2. Look at Peter, Acts chapter 2, and then hear what he says about sons and daughters, the prophecy of Joel. Here it is being fulfilled in their hearing. Verse 17, chapter 2, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Okay, so there's no end to this. Everybody's going to get it. Now, you say, well, how do I know it's for everyone? Look at verse 21. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So this is for everyone. Now, you might say, Pastor, I still don't know. I don't know if it's for everyone. Okay, well, just keep on going down. The people looked at him. Excuse me. And uh, verse uh, 37, they said, brothers, you know, what must we do to be saved? Look at uh, Peter, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for whoever the Lord will or God will call. So how many get the gift of the Holy Spirit? Everyone, whoever calls out on the name of the Lord. And so those of us who are tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-walking, devil-casting-out people, we're not putting those down who don't. We're just saying we called upon the Lord. Amen? 
If there's a bakery giving out free bread, whoever goes down there, don't get jealous at me because I go home with some good-smelling French bread, amen? I just went down there and got me some bread. They said it was free, amen? I just went down there and got Don't get mad at me, Andy Stanley, because we cast out devils in our church, and you're just giving free coffee in the cafe, amen? Don't get mad at me, Billy, because Billy Graham got him saved, but we're getting saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, amen? I still love Billy. Billy can come and preach in the church. But Billy, when he, I've had, I've had good preachers come in the church, and they've got people saved. But, but well, we've had some real things happen up into these altars. And so I had this one great Baptist preacher, man. He came. He preached it just like old Billy preached it. And, no oh, praise God, people got saved. Amen. He got Listen, knowledge, baby. So he said, y'all want to get saved? Come and get saved. I want to get saved. Oh, somebody came up. I want to get saved. He just comes and walks over to him. Now, dear sister, I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And right when he said Jesus, the woman started screaming and shaking. And he just thought it was like the Holy Ghost because he came from those churches where it's just like, come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap. They got the Holy Ghost. And then she just kept doing it, flailing her arms everywhere, crazy. He looked at me and he said, will you help me? I went over to her and I said, catcher's holding." And they were holding her and she took two guys to hold her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. Loose her and let her go. The devil then spoke back just like it did in the times of Jesus, spoke right back to me. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to kill you. And profane language came out. And I rebuked it again and just, I'm not going nowhere, rebuked me and told me, I got legions with me. They always love to threaten you, by the way. And I said, how did you get there? And then through her own mouth, I am bitterness. And when I'm, you know, when my husband died, her husband was murdered in front of her house through gang violence. He said, I came in, and you could see this woman. She was trying to fight back with it, and I said, I loose your tongue in Jesus' name. Woman, say this with me. I forgive. And she said, I forgive. The murderer of my husband, the murderer of my husband. And when she said that, I said, you spirit of murder, you spirit of bitterness, loose her and let her go right now. And we said, in Jesus' name. And when we said that, you would hear a screech like something. You pay uh, uh, $10 to see in a movie theater. What you go see, we cast out. Amen. Yes! Screech came right out. She hit the floor. Tears coming down her face. Jesus set her free right there. High-fived the Baptist preacher, and I said, that's what we call Bapticostal, baby. That's what we call Bapticostal. Y'all do your part well. This is what we do well. Amen? The Bible says seven sons of Sceva went to cast out devils, but they got beat up and ran away. We've seen this happen. We've seen these types of things come into our lives. As a matter of fact, uh, do me a favor, pull up on the side of our blog right here. I'm going to show you right here. We're going to guard your spirit in Jesus' name, but I'm going to show you the last time we cast out devils in India. Amen? We're going to guard your spirit. Don't be afraid. Uh, no, no, stay right there, son. Now go to the, the, the menu bar on the side and raise me up the page. There you go. Raise it up. Keep going. Raise it up. Amen. It's going to be awkward silence for a few moments. Okay, keep going. Go up a little bit. There you go. Now, now stop. Go to 2011. <clears throat> Thank you. It's okay. Now go down. There you go. Go down. You guys are laughing. That's okay. Breaks the awkwardness. Keep going down. 
still awkward. I just, these moments, I get these good ideas, and I don't know what to do while we're waiting for the, now hit older post, hit older post. Yes, go down. Someone just do the butterfly as he's doing this right there. Stop right there. Okay. Let's turn down the lights a little bit. Okay. Stage lights right here. Thank you. This is in India. My armor bearer is right here at Dalfo as a witness to this. We were at our sixth church. Somebody say six. Okay, so what you call going to church one time in India, we call six times. Amen. I had just been on a flight for 30 hours, traveled. I don't even know where I was out in some place of rice fields. I was just, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. We sat down in the front. The prayer meeting was started. They hadn't even started the church. I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. All of a sudden, this guy starts reeling around like a snake in the middle of the prayer meeting. He had been coming to church for years, but nobody had ever seen him act like this. He starts reeling around like a snake. We then have to go over to him. The Indian brothers have already grabbed a hold of him, and then you see us start casting the devil out. So go ahead and push play, and then see if we can get full screen. Go over to it. There's about five guys holding it. See how the devil tries to contort their bodies? Come on, give somebody a hand. I'll give Jesus a hand clap. I was going to say, give somebody a high five and say, that's how it's done. Now, I wish I could tell you that's where it ended, but it went on for another 20 minutes because there was a spirit of witchcraft that was upon him. And when he came to, he said, I didn't know what came over me. I had no power over it. He said, when the prayer meeting started, my body just went into convulsions like that. He said, I had no power. He did not recall any of the things going on. You, you hear us all speaking in tongues, but I'm taking authority. And then what had happened was his, his, uh, his parents were into witchcraft. And he had been converted to Christianity, and he was coming to the church. But the parents had put spirits on him. They said, we want our son back. We want our son back. And they had done all of these chants. I'm telling them, we're in India, friends. This ain't a joke. Witchcraft is not a joke. You get off the planes, you see it all over the walls. This is what they worship there. It's all over their cars, gods with ten heads. And I'm telling you, they're the, still today, this day the most pagan nation. Demon-possessed priests do all types of crazy things. Drink blood, stuff like you saw on Indiana Jones. Are you listening to me you all get scared that's okay i get happy amen look at your neighbor and say what you get scared about pastor get happy about listen to me go find them go find them anywhere in this city we will cast them out in jesus name and so he got set free let's go back to the blog and then we're going to take a short break as we see people coming in today this is our Sunday school, and it's just running late. As you can see, we're talking about some awesome things. You're going to need to go down to uh, 2010, December. As he's doing that, 
let me just share this with you right here. Why is speaking in tongues so important? Speaking in tongues is important because of the things that I had mentioned in the article before. We're just talking about the objections right now. It's on our blog. I'm going to post it on our Facebook. If you're not on the blog newsletter, you need to get there. But why is it so important? Because it opens up the, gift, the, the, the spirit to spiritual gifts. It gives us the power of Acts chapter 2 with these signs and wonders following. And it's for all those who call upon the name of the Lord. And as you go throughout the New Testament, even our time here in, in India, it's for everybody. It's not just for pastors. Most of the guys that we have pastors in our 129 churches around the world, uh, about 100 of them are in India. Those pastors are not full-time pastors, and most of them have not even been to Bible college, hence the reason why we're doing so much work there and why they're calling their, themselves Metro Praises and all of that is because we are there to train them up. But what are they? They're just Christians, businessmen, people who, you know, who had a secular job, and nobody was reaching their village because, I mean, there's over 100,000 villages in India. There's a billion people in India, just to give you an example. There's over 100,000 villages. There's over 300 languages and dialects just in that, that nation alone. And what do they do? So David, let's take, for example, he's an Indian man. He gets saved. His church is probably where he got saved. That was probably four villages over. He went to a crusade from an evangelist. He goes back home to his village. Maybe, you know, 50 to 100 people live in maybe 10 to 20 huts in his little village. What does he do? He starts a church. And immediately he has to start seeing demons cast out, sick people healed. They don't have medicine there like we do. That's how the gospel was preached when Jesus was on the earth. They didn't have doctors. There was no gospel going around. They were the first preachers going where the apostles. Now, does that end today in the 21st century, or do we still need that today? We still need it. So that answers that objection. Objection number six, tongues are not for everyone because 1 Corinthians 12, 29 says, do all speak with tongues. And this is an idea that people say, well, when we look at the spiritual gifts, it says, well, some will have this gift, some will have this gift. Let's just look there quickly and I'll show it to you in its context. That is true, but what that's talking about is in the context of this service, meaning if everybody had the gift of prophecy in this service, we would never get to the preaching, would we? If everybody had the gift of a word of knowledge here, everybody would be, have to wait turn. Now, let's hear your gift. Let's hear your gift. So what the Bible is saying is when we get together, we operate in gifts as God gives us. But the gifts are for everybody. Somebody say everybody. Come on, say everybody. Hey, man, let's have some fun. Look at it right here, chapter 12, uh, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God. Okay? Doesn't that sound like just what I said? There's different gifts, but it's all for the same God. But here's the point. Look at the next verse. There are different kinds of working, rather than the next section. But the same God works how many of them? Works how many of them? All of them. And how many men? Oh, come on, let's get excited this morning for Sunday school. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. So can you have the gifts, all nine of them, work in your life? Yes, you can have all the gifts work in your life. But who determines when and how those gifts work? God does through the Holy Spirit. So today, if that gift is not flowing, that's okay. Now, how do I know I have the gift of tongues at all times? Because the gift of tongues is not a gift for the body. The Bible says there's two types of tongues. There's one where I'm going to speak in tongues, and then we're going to interpret it so everybody here can be blessed by it. And if that's what he talks about as you go down further. He says there's a, type, there's a tongue that nobody understands. Did we just read that? 
Okay, let's just go to that so uh, you can see it in closing right here. Just uh, go to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. So let's say right now I began speaking in tongues. You know, this is not my tongue. Let's say I go bum, 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 bum. Now, did anybody understand me? No. Who did understand me? God. Why am I doing that in this church? Because just like when I worship, you don't hear me worshiping, but God does. It's between me and him. It's to build me up. Just like when we're all praying together, you don't hear me pray, but God hears me pray. That's that first kind of tongue, and I know that I can do that at any time, okay? Now, what about the tongue that you do understand? When do I do that? Now, let's keep going. Go into, uh, if you just keep going, you'll see it right there in the, uh, the different verses. Verse 9. So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligibly words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? And then he keeps going. So I've got to speak intelligibly for you to know. Now look at verse 13. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. So if I'm going to be in front of you right now and not speak intelligibly, but I speak in my spiritual tongue, so I go ba 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 and you're looking at me going, okay, what are we doing here, Joe? And I just keep going, and you don't get it. And I'm like, you're like, I'm not getting it. You're just like scatting like we're in jazz or something, right? Like nobody's getting it. Okay, now that's not my tongue, by the way, but, you know, you get what I'm saying, okay? So I'm just like, you don't get it. Now, if I'm speaking in tongues to you, now I can ask the Lord and I can say, Jesus, interpret that for me so that I can have them understand what I'm saying when I sound crazy to everybody else. Then the Lord can give me that gift. So I go, God says he loves you and you look good today and you have a wonderful hairdo. Now, that wouldn't be prophesying. That would be prophet lying. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. You do have a nice hairdo. But I don't want to prophesy. lie. I want to prophesy. There you go. What is my point behind that? So if you're speaking in tongues and you're praying it unto God, you don't have to understand because God understands. If you're speaking in tongues and you want, uh, God wants you to give a word to the congregation, then you ask him, and then that's when we have that time of prophecy up here where you can come and say, man, I feel the Lord is saying this to me. That's just prophecy. Or you could come and speak in tongues and interpret it, which is tongues with interpretation equals prophecy. Are you all following me? Now you might say, Pastor, where does the Bible say that? I'll show you right here, verse 14, the next verse. For if I pray in my tongue, or excuse me, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? Shall I only pray with my mind? No, look what he says. What shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. Does everybody get that? So when we start doing karaoke praise, and, and we're singing a great song. What's the uh, opening song today? Uh, my soul longs for you. So we all say, let's sing a song with our minds. You're going to read the words. You're going to hear it with your, your ears. My soul longs for you. My soul longs for you. No one else will do. You know, you're singing a song with your mind. You're participating in your intelligence. You're doing all that. Then we may have, you know, like uh, Rachel just play the music, and we'll say, now sing your own song. And then that's where you could go, ba 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 Jesus, you know, in tongues. And that's between you and God because you can pray in tongues and you can pray with your mind. You can sing with your mind or you can sing in tongues. Now, once again, if we had a choir up here all singing in tongues, would you be able to use your mind and sing with us? No. 
And we've actually had some goofy people in charismatic uh, history. We call these charismatic maniacs. They're granola Christians, fruit, nuts, and flakes. And they've actually put their tongues up on the screen. So like, shandai, 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 untie my bow tie. And everybody's like, shandai, 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 untie my bow tie. I'm, I'm so serious. Thank God you're not a part of that church this morning. Amen. Shaka, shaka, laka, shaka, shaka, laka. <laughs> no, we're not doing that today. We're not doing that today, okay? When we want you to sing with us, we're saying we're singing with our mind. How many have a mind this morning? Can you say amen? Praise God. So we're going to sing with our mind, sing with our mind. And then when we sing with our tongue, you know what I'm saying? It's just between us and God. And then if it's for the congregation, if somebody's going to understand you, they're going to pray for an interpretation. And that's how it works. Let's go to the last objection. Praise God. Tongues were only used to preach the gospel to people in ancient times in their own languages. And so people might say, okay, well, if you have a supernatural language, well, then that's just used as it has for me. People in India have understood my supernatural tongue that you were just meant to do that so you wouldn't study the actual language, that God would just say you're a missionary, so now go to India. And I don't think it's any coincidence that my tongue is understood by, at times, not all the time, by Indian-speaking people. Okay, it's happened twice. Long sentences and information has been passed from me to them speaking in a tongue that was supernatural to me, but they understand, okay? And I have witnesses to this. Glenn is one of the witnesses. He's seen it. He's been there. So this is not, I'm not making this up. It's actually happened. And we have this in Azusa Street when it happened 100 years ago. Uh, African Americans, people who had never traveled outside the world, were, were, pre were preaching and speaking in perfect Mandarin Chinese. And they went out and became missionaries. So there is a truth to that, that God can do that. But first of all, it's not meant to keep us away from doing our part. If there was that type of supernatural ability, I would ask that God would do that in dieting too, you know what I'm saying? So that I could just eat whatever I wanted and just keep losing weight, amen? I rebuke the fat off of this food in Jesus' name. I will eat it, but I will not receive cholesterol. I am a supernatural stomach system thing here, you know? It doesn't work like that, you know what I'm saying? So I just don't go, okay, God, give me the word, you know, for, for, for the Netherlands people. Okay, you spoke in tongues like them. You go out and go, you know. Wouldn't that just be awkward if you thought it was Netherlands and you go out there and you're like, and, and they look at you like, what is wrong with this dude? That is not our language, Buck. You need to go back home. So... Is that what it was meant for? No, it was not. First of all, you never hear Peter speaking in his tongue to preach to people. You never see that. So it's not for that. It can happen, but it's not the purpose. The purpose is to be a gift to use between you and God, and when it's interpreted, to be a message. Amen. Would you all stand up with us, please, today? That was Sunday school, only running about 20 minutes late, but y'all love it, don't you? Just pretend like you love it and give the preacher and Jesus a big hand clap. Yeah! Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you guys time to fellowship, shake hands, get a cup of coffee because some of you didn't get a chance to fellowship. We're going to start at 25 after. Okay, let's just do this. We'll start at 30 after. I'll keep my preaching super short today. Instead of preaching three hours, I'll only preach an hour and a half. I'm going to cut it in half. Amen? Oh, you want the full three? Well, okay. Touch your fourth me. Okay, so you guys will have till 10.30 to fellowship because we're all about shipping in the fellow. Amen? 
We all want to ship here together. Look at your neighbor and say, we're shipping in the fellow. Okay, Father God, thank you for today. Let speaking in tongues become a part of our life naturally, not because a pastor made us do it, but because we want to do it. And now, Lord, those of us who are doing it, we just pray for knowledge, understanding, and wisdom of what's going on when we're doing it so we're not nuts, fruits, and flakes, but we're powerful Christian disciples for you.